0: It is that time of week again, and we are back again for another episode of the Practical Parsha podcast with Rabbi Shlomo Kohn. Thank God I've been really enjoying doing this every week with everyone. If you would like to share your thoughts on this podcast, you like it, you don't like it, what you'd like me to speak about, questions, comments, feel free to reach out to me at Rabbi Shlomo Kohn with a K at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Pinchas. And it's actually a continuation from the story of last week. So I'm actually going to give you some homework if you didn't listen to last week's Parsha to give the background. Listen to last week's Practical Parsha podcast to give you the background for this week. But last week we finished off the Parsha with Pinchas, the son of Elazar, ben, the son of Aaron HaCohen slaying the leader of the tribe of Shimon, Zimri, because of the immoral act he's committing with the daughter of the, the king of Midian, Khazbi. After rightfully killing Zimri, this leader of the tribe of Shimon, the, the people, and especially the tribe of Shimon, are upset at Pinchas. You know, who said you did the right thing, right? You could just imagine in the heat of a moment that somebody getting up to slay a leader of one of the tribes, the reaction that might cause. And we know that once Pinchas did that, he, that he slayed the leader, Zimri, the plague that was engulfing the Jewish people stopped and God's wrath subsided. But the people, nevertheless, questioned the motives of Pinchas. You know, after all, he did commit murder. They, people maybe thought that he did the wrong thing. They were questioning what he did. And they were criticizing him. And it's actually brought down that there were some people who wanted to kill him for what he did. And it was only until this week, until the Torah continues, that Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu to publicize that Pinchas' actions were pure. That he did the correct thing. And Hashem commands Moshe Rabbeinu to give Pinchas a special gift. He gives him the gift of kahuna, to become a priest. You know, there's a joke they say that there was once a man who came to a rabbi, and he says, Rabbi, I want to be a Kohen, a priest. So the rabbi says, you know, I can't make you a Kohen. He says, Rabbi, I'll give you $10,000 to make me a Kohen. He says, I'm sorry, I can't make you a Kohen. I'll give you $20,000 to make me a Kohen. He says, I cannot make you a Kohen. 30000 He says, no, I can't make you a Kohen. Until finally the rabbi asks him, he says, why do you want to become a Kohen so badly? And he says, well, you know, I really wanted to be a Kohen because my father was a Kohen and his father was a Kohen and his father was a Kohen. So the joke ends. Okay, so the rabbi says, give me $20,000 and I'll make you a Kohen. But of course we know that the way a person becomes a Kohen is patrilinearly. That through the father, if the father is a member of the tribe of the Kohanim, the Kohanic uh, of lineage. So then the, the sons that are born to him are also considered Kohanim. And Pinchas is the only person who ever became a Kohan after the fact. That Even though he was a grandson of Aaron the kohen not all of Aaron's children and grandchildren became Kohanim. It was only after a certain point that God designated Aaron the Aaron the high priest, did all his descendants subsequently become Kohanim for generations. And Pinchas was born before then. So therefore, he was not a Kohen until this point that God gave him this present, the, the gift of the kahuna, the gift of priesthood, which is, is associated with peace, right? We know that Aaron ha is Oev shalom v'rodev-shalom, that he, he searched peace. He loved peace and he searched for peace. And the, the question is really raised, is why would God give Pinchas a reward of a covenant of peace, right? The priesthood, which represents peace. The, the, the Kohanim give the Jewish people a bracha that ends with shalom, with ends with peace. The blessing is made, has to be made with love, right? The, the embodiment of Aaron HaKohen, the Kohanim, represents getting along and shalom. So why would Hashem give the gift to Pinchas this covenant of peace after he killed somebody? He just murdered somebody and obviously he did it for the correct reasons and his actions were pure. But it seems to be a little bit contradictory that if Aaron represented peace, Pinchas murdered, right? So how could Hashem give Pinchas this reward of kahuna when he just did this act of murder, even if it was the correct thing to do? There's a very deep concept that could answer this question. Many times when we look at things, we see things as black and white. We see what's in front of us and we can't really see past uh, as far as our eye can see. And you know, there's a famous you know, riddle, they say, if you, you, if you see a man with a white coat covered in blood come out of a room and a woman is screaming in the, in the room next door, what do you assume just happened? So people would say, oh, he probably murdered somebody or he's, he hurt somebody. And then until someone else tells you the rest of the story that this woman just gave birth and he delivered the baby. And that's why he's all full of blood. And the the lesson here is that a lot of times we see things as cruelty, but really it's mercy. And many times we see things as mercy, but really it's cruelty. And I'd like to bring it out with examples to really to bring out this point. You know, we all know that when a child goes to a doctor to get a shot or a dentist to have a tooth pulled, they don't want to go. And some children are screaming and kicking to not go to the doctor. The child doesn't understand that it's essential for him to be vaccinated or for the cavity to be taken care of because if not, God forbid, it could lead to problems and it could be catastrophic even. But the parent understands, they have the seichel, the understanding, that giving this vaccination is important and even if the child's screaming and kicking, the parent's going to, bring the, the kid to the doctor to have the shot done. Bring the kid to the dentist to have the tooth pulled because it, it's, it's intrinsic to the child's health. The child doesn't understand it, but the parent does. And that's one example where even though this kid is screaming and, and kicking, right, is the parent cruel for taking this child to the doctor, causing the child pain like that, that they have to get a shot in their arm, right? And if we could even take this to a more of an extreme case where a person goes to a doctor because they have to you know, God forbid, have have a limb amputated. Is that is that considered cruelty that the doctor's cutting off a limb? It seems it seems horrible. No, it's not cruelty. It's mercy, because if a person doesn't take care of that, that, that limb that has to be amputated, unfortunately, it could turn gangrene. It could infect the person and cause death. So that's just one example where things that we perceive as cruelty can, is really mercy and on the flip side as well if we know somebody who is an addict and we could you know you could fill in the blank whatever type of addict the person is and they want money to to fuel their addiction they just please i need a little bit of this drug to help me uh, just a little bit just a little bit and they're crying and kicking and begging please give me a few dollars you know i know that giving that money to that person is killing them. Even though they're crying to you right now, please, and they're playing on your emotions. They want you to give something to them. So they could they could have their fix. They could, you know, get out of this painful situation, whatever it is. You know that if you give to them in this situation, you're just harming them. You're you're gonna be hurting them. So that's on the on the flip side that we see something, it looks merciful what you could be doing. But it's really cruelty. And the the lesson from this week's Parsha is that Pinchas, he did the ultimate act of mercy. He saw what was happening to the Jewish people. A plague had broken out. And he knew exactly the reason why it happened. He had pure intentions. And therefore, by him killing Zimri, he acted with the with the the most sense of mercy. You know, on it would be to the contrary, if he would sit still and not do anything that would be cruel because he saw what was happening and in order to put an end to the plague to put an end to God's wrath he had to stand up and kill Zimri to stop everything and protect the Jewish people because he saw what was happening and this is a very important ideal for our, a very important idea for us to internalize for ourselves that even if we see you know people might see things sometimes and say, oh, this is so cruel, This is so. we have to be able to, to recognize what's true mercy and what's true cru- cruelty. And if I may add, it's very important for us to do this because if we don't recognize what is true Rahmanis, which is the word for mercy in Hebrew, and what is true achzarius, which is cruelty in Hebrew, so then inevitably it's gonna come out that we're gonna waste the, the, the mercy that we have within ourselves on the wrong places. We only have a limited amount of emotions that each person has, and it's our responsibility to use it in the right places. So if we use the mercy, we have misplaced mercy in these situations where it's really cruelty, so it'll come out that at a time when we really need real mercy for a person, we're not going to have the emotional capacity to give it where it's supposed to be given. And this is just very important for us to remember this point. What is real mercy? what is real cruelty to recognize what is what so therefore we could put our emotions in the right places and be the best we can be another thought on this week's partial which i wanted to share with everyone is that we know after pinchas is rewarded with the gift of the kahuna with the gift of priesthood hashem commands moshe rabbeinu god commands moses to to go to battle with the midianim to go to battle with the midianites and harass them to destroy them and it's, it's actually interesting. If you look at the wordings of the verse, it seems a little bit harsh. You know, normally when the Jewish nation would go to battle, there would always be an option for that opposing nation to surrender, to lay down their arms, that it should not lead to unnecessary bloodshed. But in, in, in this case with the Midianim, the command is very clear that the Moshe Rabbeinu is commanded, Moses is commanded to go to war with the Midianim. The questions that the commentaries ask is that is why is it that the Torah gives such a strong response to what the Midianites did to the Jewish people? The answer to that question gives us a important insight as to what's real and what is fake. You know, if we think about our lives for a moment and we knock on a table, right? I don't know if you could hear that if I just banged on my desk, right? Is that desk real? So you'd say, sure, it's real. There's atoms in there and and there's particles and it's real, but I'm gonna tell you today that the the desk is not real. So you're gonna say, what does that mean? Are you crazy? It's not real? So then what is real? So I'm gonna tell you like this, that when we talk about real and fake, something that is forever is real. So when it comes to the physical world, this desk, how long is it gonna last for? 30, 40, 50 years? And then it falls apart, it breaks, it goes back into the ground. But when we think about our spiritual lives, our mitzvos that we do, the Torah that we learn, that's forever. We do a mitzvah, it's our credit forever. We learn Torah, it gets put to our account forever. So if you think about it in that way, it comes out that the spiritual things that we do are more important and more real than the physical actions that maybe manifest us that, and, and the f- physical matter that surrounds us. And that brings us back to our question, because what did the Midianim try to do to the Jewish people? They didn't just try to kill the Jewish people. They, they failed with that. But what they incited the Jews to do was to sin was to introduce idolatry to the, to the children of Israel. And that sin of getting another person to sin is worse than actually trying to harm someone physically. I'm not minimizing the, the actions that someone does to harm another, that it's horrible, it's not good. But if you look at the two together, harming someone physically and harming someone spiritually, harming someone spiritually is way worse than harming someone physically. Because if someone is harmed physically, okay, they are harmed physically. I'm not saying it, it is bad and it is tragic, but at the same time, it's not forever. But if someone is harmed spiritually, that means they're forever, their eternity can be affected, which is much worse and much more severe. And over here, the Midianites were not just trying to do battle and to kill Jews. Rather, they were trying to do is ensnare them in sin to get them to commit lewd and immoral acts and to get them to, to, to do idolatry. And that's much, much worse than uh, a regular act of warfare. And that's why the commandment is so severe, the state of mind also as well, the, com- the commentaries explain that the Jews had this commandment to harass the Midianites because of what they did to the Jewish people to, for them to realize the Jews, to realize that what they tried to do to them was extremely severe and, and something that they should take note of. And the message for us is that we should realize, the number one, is the importance of not bringing down others. Obviously, we're good people. We try to be good. But we have to be careful to bring up the ones around us, not to bring people down. Because even if a person slips up, everyone does slip up. No person is perfect. We're in this world to make ourselves better. We have to make sure that our actions don't negatively influence the ones around us. And we know that that if the punishment for someone who brings down others is so severe, so the measure of good is a thousand times stronger than the measure of bad. So if we get people to improve, we bring up the behavior of those around us, we make the world a more positive place, we get other we inspire others, we inspire others to do mitzvos and learn Torah. So all the more so how how great is our reward uh, to do that. And this is just something we should keep in mind and remember every day of our lives. Number 1 is what's real and what's fake because we know that the spirituality, the Torah, the mitzvos we do are forever. And Therefore, the importance, the focus on them is tremendous and the responsibility we have, the realness of them is, is something we need to remember. We need to be a positive role model, be a, a good influence for those around us to bring people up. And God willing, when we do that, when we are that good positive influence, we will um, reap the, the rewards that are due to somebody who gets others to inspire as well. And it's actually interesting because I'll just finish with this thought. The, the Talmud brings down that the one who gets someone else to do a mitzvah is greater than someone who actually does that same mitzvah. That means if I get you to do a mitzvah, and obviously I'm not telling people to go around and be preachy to anybody, but if we inspire, we're able to inspire someone to, to do a little more than what they're doing, and it doesn't have to be directly. You know, just uh, in Judaism, in spirituality, there's such a thing as osmosis. By just us living our lives... And being a good role model, we have an effect on others. If I inspire someone to do a little more, that's greater than if I would do that same mitzvah myself. And that's something we should just realize and remember when it comes to spirituality, is that, that if we're able to be that good and positive influence, the reward and the specialness of that is something which is truly amazing. That's going to do it for this week's podcast. If Again, if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to send me an email at rabbishalemokom with a K at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.